0: Well, greetings and welcome to the Steve Day Show podcast edition on Westwood One, powered by CRTV. Steve is gone today. He's, I think, still stuck at an airport somewhere because American Airlines had like 50 different mechanical malfunctions, basically canceled a flight. Steve was trying to get to Oklahoma, where his daughter is um, shooting her first scenes in the movie, which is super awesome. Uh, apparently there's a giant conspiracy, uh, to prevent them from actually doing that. So he's still maybe stuck at an airport, uh, listening all night to CNN as it appeared he did on, uh, on, as, as he stated on Twitter earlier today. So, uh, <clears throat> thoughts and prayers, Steve. Uh, instead, I'm Aaron. I'm his producer. I'm uh, trying to keep the show afloat while he's gone. Probably not going to do it. Probably going to be brought back in shambles, uh, joined on the program today. Um, By a very special guest And I'll um, I'll tell you about that A little bit more In a little bit Uh, Monday's is usually when we do weekend news and views on the program, but we really talked about everything that happened over the weekend on the TV show today. Bob Vander Plaats, uh came in, talked a little bit about uh, the embassy move to Jerusalem and, and what that means from a leadership perspective for Donald Trump. It also means I, I think I, I think Bob's probably never going to join just Todd and I on the show uh, ever again. But uh, but that's neither here nor there. Then Jordan Schachtel, our CRTV national. Uh, Um, National security correspondent joined the program as well to talk about the practical ramifications of what moving the embassy means and uh, whether or not there's some optimism for foreign policy in the Middle East based on some recent events. But something uh, happened this weekend as well. Really this morning, or maybe it was late last night, Mitt Romney tweeted something. He said, Robert Jeffress says, you can't be saved by being a Jew, and Mormonism is a heresy from the pit of hell. He said the same about Islam. Such a religious bigot should not be giving the prayer that opens the United States embassy in Jerusalem. Now, this tweet, as you can imagine, if you're a listener to this podcast on any semblance of a regular basis, this tweet is, let's just say, problematic. And I have several questions Uh, that I I would have really liked to have asked Mitt Romney, wouldn't you know, Mitt Romney is actually in Iowa today. I reached out to his uh, campaign for Senate. I don't know why he's in Iowa when he's running for Senate in Utah, but he's in Iowa today. I reached out and I said, hey, I've got some questions for Mitt Romney. Would you mind sparing a little bit of your time to come on our podcast today? And lo and behold, sitting across from me right now is Mitt Romney, U.S. candidate or candidate uh, for. US Senate from the great state of Utah uh, Mr. Romney it is a uh, it is a great pleasure and an honor um, to have you on on the Steve Day show podcast today. I think my boss is probably going to shoot me when he comes back and he figures out that Mitt Romney was on the show uh, but <laughs> regardless because you guys have a, a little bit of a history <laughs> let's let's uh, let's let's not uh, brush over that but it's good to have you with us sure.
1: well let me lay down a couple ground rules right now. There will be no chicken sandwich jokes.
0: Full stop. No, sh- no chicken sandwich jokes. Uh, I didn't have any M and M's um, either, so you don't have to worry about blue M and M's. Uh, I- I- anyway, but but this tweet that you put up, put put out, sir, I, it's just. Um, I can't
1: imagine that you ha- take any issue with it. It's entirely reasonable, Aaron.
0: Yeah, uh, virtuous one might even say. I just have a few questions for you. Let me read the tweet again, just just to reset this conversation. I know what I said. Robert Jeffress says, You can't be saved by being a Jew, and Mormonism is a heresy from the pit of hell. He's said the same about Islam. Such a religious bigot should not be giving the prayer that opens the United States Embassy in Jerusalem. So, my first question for you, Mr. Romney. If Robert Jeffress comments about Judaism and Mormonism... If his comments about Judaism and Mormonism disqualify him from giving the prayer at the opening of the embassy in Jerusalem today, who should have given the opening prayer?
1: Well, anybody. I don't need to name names. Uh, why don't we just sit there and talk about him? I, it, it was uh, needlessly hostile. Uh, it was disrespect, disrespectful to many of the great faiths uh, of this world. Uh, this could have been and should have been a uh, special time, and uh, that sort of boilerplate is unnecessary. It's it's not about who else should have. It's about it's about the, who he. was and what he said
0: so okay okay so that that kind of makes sense then Uh, who who should he be praying to when he gives his prayer then if 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 his comments about judaism and mormonism disqualify him let's throw those out the window who should he have been praying to
1: well, in a, in a region like this, where tensions are so high, uh, there is no reason to say a prayer that uh, uh, by its very utterance is, is divisive. There are ways of all of us praying and coming together to uh, the the common God, the the God that shares uh, a, a reverence uh, for uh, Abraham. Uh, we can we can do this in ways that do not belittle anyone or exclude anyone.
0: Yeah, we can all just kind of coexist, right? That's that's what you're saying.
1: Well, Aaron, what what would you prefer? That there, what we all kill each other. I don't understand why yeah. why why must everything um be so uh clear-cut uh, and obvious there are many many shades of gray in the Middle East and I'd like to get through this event without anybody dying what's wrong with that
0: well uh, you know you, you got me there um I guess my, I, I guess I really just do want a bunch of innocent people to die of um, a, a very brutal death. Uh, this is probably a question I should have asked at the beginning, Mr. Romney. Um, what is prayer?
1: Prayer is whichever way you deem fit to communicate with God. Who's God? whatever God you've decided upon. That's not for me to force that on you. Okay.
0: Uh, If, as a Christian, I say that, I don't know, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and life, no one comes unto God the Father but by him, does that make me a bigot too or just Robert Jeffress?
1: It depends on where and to whom you say it.
0: Oh. Oh, so if I said it to a crowd that disagreed with me, I shouldn't have said it.
1: Maybe. Okay.
0: Okay. Maybe. Okay.
1: But the, 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 how there are just many times where this is appropriate and there are many times when it's not I mean uh, to to the ends of the earth uh, it's not without its um, uh, qualifications on uh, the tone the setting the place I I don't understand why this is uh, so cryptic to some people Uh, there are we need to be sensitive to the, the region that is a tinderbox and not be the one who lights the match
0: man i wish i would have talked to you like i don't know 25 20 years ago before my conversion everything is starting to make sense i just have a few more questions for you mr romney um as a former bishop of the mormon church do you agree with brigham young's statement quote no man or woman in this dispensation will enter ever enter into the celestial kingdom of god without the consent of joseph smith end quote Do you agree with that statement from Brigham Young?
1: I don't disagree with it.
0: Another question. As a former bishop of the Mormon Church, do you agree with Joseph Smith's statement, quote, all will suffer until they obey Christ, end quote.
1: You need to understand the context of that. And the context for dealing with that cannot be the same at all times for all peoples. And once again, I know people think that the this, this stage is set always at all times uh, for discussing what you feel to be what you believe or feel to be the truth but when other people don't believe that at that time and place it is irresponsible even the most important truth it is irresponsible to bring it up because of what how many steps it might force you to take backwards before you can go forwards
0: that was a very clear answer Last question, Mr. Romney. As a practicing member of the Mormon Church, why don't you pray to Allah? Assuming you don't.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's how we're going to play it, is it, Aaron? Uh, Maybe, uh, you know what? There's a lot we have to learn. Maybe maybe I'm praying to Allah and not even uh, knowing it, uh, Aaron. All I know is that I am going to respect... Those praying for Allah every bit as much as I expect them to pray for the God that I clearly, after this, may or may not believe in.
0: <sighs> Moroni wept. All right, Todd, you can take a uh, Silkwood shower now. That was uh, that was very well done, sir. Seriously, though, Mitt Romney.
1: Can you call an exorcist for me, yeah. Aaron? That was hard. <laughs> yeah. and Very disturbing. That was that was excellent, though.
0: Uh, Mitt Mitt Romney here. What is the difference between this tweet and Dianne Feinstein grilling, um, I can't remember her name, but but Dianne Feinstein grilling that woman, some undersecretary position. What's the difference between this tweet and Bernie Sanders grilling Russ Vogt, also another basically stapler guy position? Well, as For as a re- religious yeah, test, as what? I
1: said on the television show, on on one level, absolutely nothing. On another level, uh, that perhaps is the more appalling one. At least Ernie, Bernie Sanders comes by it honestly. Yeah. He's a freaking atheist. Yep. Fine. Okay. Yep. I expect that's baked into the cake a little bit. Yep. I, I just whether it, it just goes. He belittles his own faith. Yep. By this line of questioning, it, it, he shows himself to believe in it. So little that if you asked him about it, well, what, what is true about it? He would quake because he he the, the the notion of ultimate truth. And hey, we are I when we do this show, and Steve Steve sits to uh, my left, and I sit uh, to his right, and we are both sitting right across from Aaron. And I know that, and they know we we don't share the same version of Christianity. And and we sometimes we talk about that uh, in jest. Sometimes we talk about that more seriously. Uh, but we we never pretend it's not true. It th- there is no point being a Mormon or a Catholic or an evangelical or a Muslim or any of it if you don't believe it to be ultimately true. I, I that's where. Um, we are, in, in general, are lost as a people. We keep going down this silly rabbit hole where we think tolerance is the same thing as equivocation. It is not. I tolerate all faiths, in as far as it goes, in terms of not uh, threatening my ability to enjoy my own faith or to to, to enjoy uh, uh, breathing quite frankly. Uh, but there's a great, great line um, um, within uh, a, a Catholic uh, fiction about believing in the Eucharist. Uh, uh, and somebody said, well, it's just a symbol. And Flannery O'Connor uh, said this. And she said, well, if it's just a symbol, the hell with it then. There's there's absolutely no point. It ultimately, forget the specifics of the Eucharist. What she's saying, that I'm not in this uh, you know, to have a little—it's not—it's not the coexist bumper sticker or the even the Jesus fish. It, This—it it, this is what I believe to be fundamentally true. I I would appreciate that, and I think Aaron and Steve—I uh, know—they uh, would echo this. Uh, it, it would be—it's fascinating to talk with people who truly believe in something and are willing to follow it out all the way to its logical conclusions. And I'm just embarrassed for Mitt Romney as a man on this. Dude, wh- stop pulling all of your punches. You could be president right now if you weren't so flaccid.
0: Yeah, and that's what I basically tweeted this morning is, Mitt, if if you would have eaten a chicken sandwich a few years ago, Robert Jeffress wouldn't be giving a prayer this morning, probably because as president, you wouldn't have moved the embassy to Jerusalem. That's probably part of it. But the other part of it is you would have been able to, even if you had, you would have been able to choose who who got to uh, give the opening prayer. When I asked you what the difference between this and Bernie Sanders grilling Russ Vogt and the difference between Dianne Feinstein grilling uh, that that woman is this, Religion, ultimate truth, is anathema to a guy like Bernie Sanders, so he's going to be against it. To a guy like Mitt Romney, religion, ultimate truth claims being opposed to that is virtuous, Mitt Romney is not exactly the same as as Bernie Sanders. There are there are similarities here in in this realm. But Mitt Romney sees this statement that he put out there as being virtuous because he's being accepting. Bernie Sanders, a guy like Bernie Sanders who is an avowed Marxist or socialist, Uh, who is a Marxist with his actions and an atheist like himself. He cloaks what he really thinks about religion and ultimate truth claims in some sort of virtue. I think Mitt Romney really believes that being syncretistic in this manner is virtue. What I'm basically saying is, Bernie Sanders is a snake in the grass. He's a known commodity. A guy like Mitt Romney... He's a wolf in sheep's clothing. And make no mistake about this at all. As it pertains to the Republican Party right now, Mitt Romney and this belief that he's positing, guys like him are legion. I brought up the false, I think, the the, the false uh, comparison to guys like Mike Lee and Ted Cruz. Those guys are unicorns. They are unicorns. Who actually believe what they believe, really believe what what they believe is really real, and then are willing have the stones to actually go out there and govern like it? Guys like Mitt Romney are legion. The difference is, people like him usually aren't tweeting about anything religion because that's just oh boy, that's they've, they've got some sense. I think some semblance of sense. They don't they don't want to touch that, and if they do, they're just going to say some sweet nothings to evangelicals to to get them to vote for him. But what you really saw with that tweet is not only a continuation of what we've long known about Mitt Romney. He's a guy, he's a man without a chest. It is a window into the soul of a Republican. It's a window into the soul really not even of a Republican going one step further, a true Died in the wool progressive. Guys like Mitt Romney, I don't think are going to be holding a cloak while you get your uh, religious liberties stripped away from you. Well, maybe someday in this country, you'll be persecuted for your religious belief the same way, hopefully not in our lifetime, hopefully not ever the same way some in the Middle East are. Mitt Romney's not the guy who's holding the cloak. A guy like Mitt Romney is the one who's doing doing the persecuting, if you get the reference there. The real question has to be asked, I think. At what point... can an organization... like the Republican Party that he's a part of... at what point do you have to cut ties with them? And this is the same question we've been asking. We've already answered that question. I answered that question when I was 18. And I could vote. I've never been a Republican, Todd. I wear that as a badge of honor, probably a little bit more than I should, but I wear that as a badge of honor. I think what we're being shown more and more, and probably with more frequency than we would like, but more and more, is that if our party affiliation in politics, whatever party it is, whether or not it's the new Federalist Party, whether or not it's uh, you know, the Tea Party, that movement that fizzled out, at any point, if our party affiliation is tied to any part of our faith, we're doing something wrong. I think that's what we're, we're seeing over and over and over again. Because I, I sure as heck don't want to be... Uh, associated with the Democrats and the baby murders and the uh, bake the cake bigot wing, the rainbow jihad wing of the Democrats. And I certainly don't want to be associated with the people who keep funding Planned Parenthood and the people who on the right side, the supposed right side of the aisle, like Mitt Romney, who thinks that you're being a bigot for holding tight to doctrine. I don't like Robert Jeffers. We haven't even talked about him. Don't like Robert Jeffers. It's well documented on this show how much of a, uh, of a Trump whore he has been. And he is. It's not about that. This is about uh, a guy who's supposed to be from the party of defending your religious liberty. Who passed the most conservative party platform ever a few years ago in 2016. This is about a guy from that party. That guy who was once a, a nominee for president from that party, the Republican Party, saying, Hey, if you think that Jesus Christ is the way, truth, and life, you're a religious bigot. this this party this country needs an enema Todd
1: well and that enema will blessedly clear it uh, from the disease of uh fake binary choices because uh that's what Romney believes that the only alternative and he does, you're right he does believe this to be righteous but he also believes that the only alternative to uh the the clown show that is uh Robert Jeffries is to emasculate his own faith. That, that, that's not the only way. I mean, the, the Gospels are clear, the Gospels that I believe Mitt Romney uh, claims to share, about uh, the, the clear distinction between uh, false prophets and authentic ones. It, it, it doesn't say when you see false prophets to go stick your head in the sand uh, and uh, hide your faith under a bushel basket. Quite the opposite, uh, in fact. Uh, show us something authentic, Mitt Romney. Give us something better to follow. There th- there was an entirely legitimate case to be made on a grand day like this that don- why Donald Trump cannot ever completely get out of his own way by Western on every good corner must there be some sort of jackass looming like Robert Jeffress it, it, the case could be made you, but, but you, you showed uh, your true colors Mitt Romney by not making that case and making this one instead in that I really wish all you uh, churchy people would just take it to the hobby farm and let us grown ups see. That's the thing. He views himself as the grown up when he is the embodiment of the one who still eats and thinks like a child. So, to, as does Robert Jeffress. Uh, we need better solid food. We need more grown ups. And to Aaron's point, we don't need you intertwining no one your faith uh, within a particular party, but we do need grown-ups intertwining their faith within a genuine political philosophy, a way of thinking. The theme of this show, a worldview. That's what we need. And then the party is simply an apparatus for getting the trains to move on time. The party has become the idol though. The party isn't a a machine to help get get things done now. It is is the thing that we covet most. We have it absolutely backwards, as does Mitt Romney in almost all things.
0: Well, this is uh, Weekend News and Views, what we usually do on the the Monday uh, podcast. We talked a lot about um, the Jerusalem uh, embassy being moved, uh, or the embassy, the U.S. embassy, being moved from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem officially today. This is the 70th anniversary of uh israel as we know it today and uh, obviously a huge huge monumental occasion because todd as i pointed out on the show there's virtually no chance after something that's been promised by every president in my lifetime to actually be accomplished moving the embassy to jerusalem There's virtually no chance that the next president or the one after that is going to come back and say, eh, no, we're going to move it back to Tel Aviv. So this is, if you want to look at something that has some permanent, uh, semi, at least as permanent as anything in, in the geopolitical realm, can be some permanent value from Trump's presidency... This is one thing, definitely, and the symbolism behind it—that Jerusalem is its own state, it is its own entity, it is its own authority um, over, and it is sovereign. That's basically the, the the symbolism here and what's being communicated to the rest of the world. That is something that's more uh, more permanent, in my estimation, than the Iran deal that was ripped up uh, as much as Trump could the other week or last week, I should say. Uh, so that's a uh, that's a very big deal, and so we uh, we need to be thankful for Trump for actually following through on that. There were today when I woke up on um, um, to, to start looking at stuff to, to talk about for the show because that's basically my job—stuff to talk about for the show when Steve is gone. Everybody was talking about how the basically basically the bloodthirsty Israelis murdered massacred forty people upwards of 40 people and it looks like the death toll is rising it will never cease to amaze me and maybe it shouldn't Todd how easily the western media specifically the United States media can just be played for as much influence as they supposedly have they are played as fools over and over and over again And this morning was another example of that. This has been going on for a long time. Hamas will send and hide behind hordes of civilians, some of them women and children, some of whom, women and children, were killed this morning. Hamas, a terrorist organization, a known terrorist organization, sends out civilians to be killed because they know the optics of that are impossible to get around because that is just easy pickings for Western media. They know that as long as they have the media on their side in the West, they have a fighting chance at actually taking over what they would like to do, taking over uh, complete control of Gaza and being recognized as a state, even though some in the West already do that, even though they're not a state. Todd, this is, am I overstating this? Let me ask you this. Am I overstating this to say, as I saw one person again, I can't remember who it was on Twitter, say this morning, that the US media, the Western media, is responsible for thousands of deaths in the last couple of decades, at least, in the Gaza region or in, in that area? because of how Hamas has played the media and using their tactics. Is that is that over-sensationalizing it to say that the Western media is responsible or at least in some way responsible for the deaths of innocent people?
1: I think it's fair to talk about their complicity. Uh, it's hard to know exactly within... Uh, these strains of Islam uh, what they will or won't do no matter what I mean that's the reason we talk so sober mindedly about recognizing exactly who this enemy uh, is but I, I I do think that there is a um, I think they're more they're more complicit in terms of what they do to us and our own politicians and our own style of negotiating uh, than they are in doing anything uh, to the Islamic or They just, they can't, let's go to the Mitt Romney conversation, they get us to think like that guy. Uh, they, they, they get us uh, to pull our punches and instead, what I find so refreshing about this, while not... Uh, um, you know uh, well I will certainly pray for uh, the dead in this case this is a high stakes game of poker I, I i don't think anybody should just view this move as jerusalem as an ending point Some, it's it is something that should be done it should it should have been done long ago but this is hey this is the a all yet another all in moment uh in the Middle East because what as Aaron it rightly points out over and over again, what they understand over there is power. And this is a power move. And they're not stopping uh at leaving it uh at this move again to to sit there and not play patty cake and uh to immediately uh react with a sense of uh purpose uh militarily uh when the time was right it, in regard to the story uh, Aaron is mentioning, they're not going to leave anything the chance. It's going to be power move after power move, and they are either going to win this game of chicken or, again, that, uh, that faith over there that has shown no appetite uh, for relenting and always turning it up in 11, they ultimately will react to this. Um, I, I'm fascinated uh, to see uh, what happens um, because if they do not react, if they relent, they will show that not only this whole issue of Jerusalem, but the, um, the ridiculous um, narrative uh, that uh, Aaron uh, is lamenting. Uh, uh, about e- either this is either you know two equal I, on a good day it's two equal sides, um, but most of the time it is we, it is we are the bad guys uh, we're, we're the bullies all all of that goes away as the obvious fraud that it is. So um, Aaron has never been more right about uh, this this being a place where power uh, is uh, the currency there a huge play has been made just everybody keep their eyes open uh, and watch accordingly because th- this is um, this has the potential to go a lot of different ways uh, that can be the kind of thing that can that change the uh, political narrative across the world in a heartbeat
0: One more story I want to – well said, Todd. Uh, One more story I want to talk about uh, for Weekend News and Views. Uh, Daniel Horowitz, uh, he is our resident immigration hawk, I guess you could say, over at uh, CR. He wrote a piece, uh, I think, today uh, talking about – or recently, I should say – um, parlaying Bibi Netanyahu's uh, talk about a wall and its effectiveness in uh, his country and talking about uh, the need for more security on our southern border because um, Hezbollah, I think it was the the, the terrorist organization, is um, linking with the drug cartels and they're using, they're taking advantage of DACA to send in waves of young immigrants to act as drug mules, to smuggle uh, high-value Middle Eastern operatives into the United States, and basically talking about that in terms of immigration. And I highly recommend you read that piece from Daniel Horowitz. It's called The DACA Agenda is Fueling MS-13, Drug Cartels and Hezbollah. I read that shortly before I read this story. This was first published yesterday out of Fox 9. I think it's KMSP up in the Twin Cities. I should know that. i will lived there for a while. Uh, Fox 9 in, in the Twin Cities. Published yesterday. I want you to listen to this. I'm going to try to give it to you in uh, and, and as good of a delivery as possible. This is absolutely nuts. For five months, Fox 9 has been investigating what appears to be rampant fraud in a massive state program. This fraud is suspected of costing Minnesota taxpayers as much as $100 million a year. The Fox 9 investigators reporting is based on public records and nearly a dozen government sources who have direct knowledge of what is happening. These sources have a deep fear and there is evidence to support their concerns that some of that public money is ending up in the hands of terrorists the story begins at minneapolis st paul international airport where mysterious suitcases filled with cash have become a common carry-on in the morning of march 15th fox 9 chased a tip about a man who was leaving the country sources said he took a carry-on bag through security that was packed with 1 million dollars in cash travelers can do that as long as they fill out the proper proper government forms Fox 9 learned that these cloak-and-dagger scenarios now happen almost weekly at Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport. The the money is usually headed to the Middle East, Dubai, and points beyond. Sources said last year alone, more than $100 million in cash left MSP in carry-on luggage. The national go-to expert on what is behind these mysterious money transfers is Glenn Kearns. Quote, What we were interested in is what was going on. It's an outright crime. It's unbelievable. He's Glenn Kearns, is a former Seattle police detective who spent 15 years at the FBI's Joint Terrorism Task Force. Kearns tracked millions of dollars in cash that was leaving on flights from Seattle. It was coming from Hawalis, a business, a businesses used to courier money to countries that have no official banking system. Some immigrant communities rely on Hualis to send funds to help impoverished relatives back home. Kearns discovered that some of the money was being funneled to a hawala in the region of Somalia that is controlled by the Al-Shabaab terrorist group. He said that when the money arrives, whether it was intended for legitimate purposes or not, Al-Shabaab or other groups demand a cut. Now, where is all this money coming from in Minnesota? Well, five years ago, Fox 9 investigators were first to report that a daycare fraud was on the rise in Minnesota, exposing how some businesses were gaming the system to steal millions in government subsidies meant to help low-income families with child care expenses. In order for the scheme to work, daycare centers need to sign up low-income families that qualify for child care assistance funding. Surveillance cameras or surveillance videos from a case prosecuted by Hennepin County show parents checking their kids into a center only to leave with them a few minutes later. Sometimes no children would show up at all. Either way, the center would bill the state for a full day of child care. The story goes on to basically say that certain immigrant and refugee communities in the Twin Cities specifically and in Minnesota at large are basically committing daycare fraud in order to fund terrorist groups in Somalia. That's basically the bottom line of this story.
1: Can I point out some fake news? Sure. Uh, the I believe it was the police officer investigator mm. who said this was unbelievable. It, this is entirely believable. Oh, it's totally believable. This is a microcosm of the Iran deal. Yep. Wait, we keep dealing... Uh, with you know, we're the, we're the monkeys, you know, the with the hands over their ears and their eyes and their mouth. Oh, I can't hear you, don't just you're all we're all great people and living in the world. And uh, it y- <laughs> the, remember, uh, September oh, what's that date, September 11th, 2001? Two, Doesn't ring, a Doesn't bell. ring a bell. No. yeah. And, and uh, some people they 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 actually took class, um, just just to fly planes and not land or take off, yeah. What what were they doing? And and they they were all from the same place. And Can't
0: remember this story.
1: Yeah, it's and and they um you know no 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 red flags no no nothing. And yeah, what happened? What was the end of that? that at the end of that story, it, I'm uh, sorry, shiny, I, well,
0: shiny happy. That was when REM yeah, wrote that song, yeah, right? Yeah.
1: That maybe maybe that's it. it, it we, stop the road to hell is literally paved with good intentions in these stories open up your damn eyes people this is why it was so important to pull out of the iran deal because this is the kind of crap that was happening as we speak as israel pointed out with the money that they were getting i mean honestly this at the i can we we don't deserve to go on I mean we deserve a fate that does not go our way and is not pleasant because we're just suckers it, it, you're not a bigot if you don't want to be played that's called dignity that's called intelligence that's called passing something on to your own children but you must insist on drinking this Kool-Aid from the fire hose Where you must constantly pay homage to something that the progressives have already shown they don't believe anymore, but you're still stuck on the diversity thing. And this diversity thing is ultimately your own death sentence.
0: That's exactly correct. And that's exactly where I was going uh, with that as well. Progressives don't believe in a darn thing, darn one of their talking points. They don't believe in multiculturalism. They don't believe in diversity. They don't believe in compassion. They don't believe in love. They don't believe in any of that. All they want is power and control. And that's what we see here. When we talk about these immigration stories, and the reason I juxtaposed this story out of Minnesota with what Daniel Horowitz uh, wrote about recently is because these drug cartels, they know that because of DACA, it's easier to get kids into the United States. And if they do something like, I don't know, join gangs like MS-13, it's have you, have you noticed that maybe MS-13 seems to be popping up more and more news stories recently, Todd? Just a little bit uh, over the last mm-hmm. few years. Uh, they know. And if these kids somehow get into the country, you know, and they happen to join a gang, they're still young, and they know that our legal system, because they're young and they're from a different country, they're going to show more leniency. They take advantage of that, using these kids as mules, using them to smuggle in other high-value targets or operatives from the Middle East. Because of our lax border security, and because of DACA, and because of our judicial system. Well, what have we seen? We've seen MS-13 on the rise. We've seen the opioid, uh, the, the opioid um, <clears throat> crisis that has been on the rise just ridiculously in the last four to five years that certain people conveniently pin on uh, drug companies. Why do the Democrats, why, why does the left in this country, and the right as well, why do I keep bringing up the Democrats and the Republicans like they're on opposite sides of this? They, all they care about are the votes. Meanwhile, we see actual enemies of the United States coming into our country, working against us by taking advantage of what's supposed to be um, an abundance of our own compassion, daycare, uh, subsidized daycare money that's being f- funneled from something like that that's intended for low-income families it's basically being funneled to al-shabab from minnesota that's happening like three hours away from us todd that's that's happening uh, Lacks immigration lacks borders like what i just talked about and what daniel Hor- horowitz talked about it is all Cloaked though in compassion and diversity, and we just have to take it on the chin. And we're just we're we're being xenophobic uh, because we're pointing this out. No, as great as the news is out of the Middle East, uh, specifically Iran and Israel, over the last. Uh, week or so boy um we these stories like these really really are a gut punch to wake up at, at as to what's going on under our own no uh, under our own nose right now i should say and with that i think uh, todd i'm officially out of words for the day uh, we'll be back tomorrow uh, we'll have another uh, TV show, sans Steve. We will muddle through it somehow, and um, we'll hopefully see you over there on CRTV. I uh, want to check out the CRTV show today. Bob Vander George Jordan Jack talked a lot more about uh, Israel in the Middle East and what's going on over there and some of the good things that are happening. Until tomorrow, John 3.17.
1: is Steve Dace. I like it, you.